welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 9, Seb and Nocte put Griff in his place and learned a little bit more about Kyrick. In this episode, Chapter 10, Seb and Nocte join their first team exercise and are given a particular book to read. Alright, let's dive in. Seb trained the next day with Summer and Oraini, and the following with Garday. The two of them came back into camp in the middle of a light-hearted conversation, which was out of the ordinary for the silent tamer. That's the last weapon demonstration, Seb. Vivin put down the paper and quill he had in front of him at the picnic table. Several other members were milling about the camp, and they eavesdropped on the conversation. Have you thought about which one you'd like to take up full-time? I have. Seb flashed his sweet smile and stretched his arms. I think I'd like to take up training on a greatsword. What, and no sort of shield? Vivin was taken aback. No, I think it would be awkward to carry on a dragon and slow me down in a fight. He looked up at Garday, who is nearly head and shoulders taller than him. Garday has said he'll help me with physical training so I'll be able to wield the sword more easily. Vivin rubbed his jaw thoughtfully. Sebastian must have worked his magic on the tall, silent warrior. Garday wasn't overly social or outwardly friendly, so it was a bit of a shock that Seb managed to get him to train after a single day together. The young tamer sat across the table from Vivin. Is it alright if I want to use a greatsword? You do have a couple here with the other weapons, though they're in need of sharpening. Vivin made a nonchalant gesture with his hands. If that's what you think is the best choice for you and Nocte, I'll support you. Great. Thank you, Sebastian smiled. Orani and Sommer left the camp, heading into the tree line. Where do they go every evening? He asked curiously. He had noticed them leaving before and had been wondering. Or do I want to know? Vivin chuckled. They jog. They prefer to go in the evening once the sun has weakened a bit. Oh, that was true. Each night Seb had seen them leave in the early evening. They always returned before dinner. Hmm, Seb pondered and rested his chin on his hand. I need a jogging buddy. Alice, who had been sitting next to Vivin, nudged him. Vivin cleared his throat. <clears throat> you can jog with me, if you'd like. Seb stared at him in surprise. No, it's okay. I'd rather jog with someone... Seb trailed off, and Vivin gave him a look, so he continued. With someone who can keep pace with me. Alice stifled a laugh, and Vivin frowned. Tomorrow morning, six o'clock. I'll meet you between our cabins. Sebastian eyed him unsurely. All right. He shifted uncomfortably. Are you sure? You're practically the same age as my mom. Vivin raised a dark eyebrow ominously, and Alice turned away, trying desperately not to laugh. Around seven the next morning, Vivin and Seb jogged into the camp as everyone was emerging from their cabins. Seb stopped short of the tables and rested his hands on his knees, panting heavily and drenched in sweat. Alice handed Vivin a cup of water. The older man's breathing was hard, but he regained his resting rate quickly. How? Sebastian panted, sitting on the hard-packed earth. He failed to understand how someone of Vivin's age could be more fit than a teenager. Vivin took the sash that was tying up his hair and unfurled it past his shoulders. 
You go off hunting with Nocte every morning, so of course you wouldn't know. Orania and Summer like to jog in the evening, but I'm a morning runner. Seb hung his head, his brown hair sticking to his forehead. It was a hard run. Non-stop jogging for an hour through the trees, jumping over logs and brooks. He had kept Vivin in sight the entire time, but after 30 minutes, they no longer ran side by side. Garday walked past Seb and looked down at him with his dark eyes. We're going to start your training today, if you're like this. The young tamer stood, his legs already stiff. A mumbled agreement was all he could manage. Come on, Seb. We'll hit the bathhouse before breakfast. Vivin handed the cup back to Alice and led the way. How can you bear to wear that? They heard Seb grumble about Vivin's black tights and close-fitting long-sleeve shirt. Seb pulled off his own drenched tank top before they were at the bathhouse. I prefer to keep my physique a mystery, Vivin retorted and added hotly, and don't compare me to your mother's age or I'll smack you. After breakfast, Seb stood with Garday outside of the cabins, preparing to head out for the day. Just as they were ready to leave, Seb felt a wave of emotion crash over him. Anger, annoyance, and fury. Sebastian clutched his chest and his head spun. The feelings were intense and completely out of place. He realized Garday felt something as well from the grim expression on his face. It was Nocte. Something was wrong with his dragon. Seb dashed into the woods behind the cabins, sensing that Nocte was in that direction. There was shouting from the camp, but he took little note of it. He had to figure out what was happening to Nocte. The emotions were so strong that they led the tamer as if he was tethered to a rope and Nocte was pulling him in. Sebastian felt anger drum in his chest, pounding in his mind. He leapt over a fallen tree and ran toward a clearing. Nocte and the other dragons were there. Through the trees, he could see his dragon lashing his tail, eyeing another dragon. Nocte bared his teeth at Garde's dragon, Destantos, Seb recognized. A group of dragons stood watching them intensely. He saw a scarlet gash over Nocte's shoulder. Seb ran in between the two dragons as they circled each other and pushed Nocte's chest. He barely had the chance to tell his dragon to calm down before he was dragged away roughly. Seb, what in Cayenne's name are you doing? Vivin chastised, holding him back from the circling creatures. Garday held his other arm, his massive hands gripping him tightly. You never put yourself between two dueling dragons. Vivin sounded as irate as the emotions Nocte was emitting. But he's hurt! We can't just let them attack each other! Seb protested, struggling against the experienced tamers. They wrestled him back and urged him to be quiet. This is how dragons sort out their problems, Garde murmured quietly. His dark green scaled dragon was the largest of the orange dragons, and he had raised scales along his tail. Destantos was a terrifying foe. Sebastian watched as the two dragons circled, and Nocte growled deeply, his chest rumbling. His black opal tail swished back and forth, and he snapped his jaws at the larger dragon. Destantos bared his razor-sharp teeth, pointed and fierce. Vivin and Garde didn't loosen their hold on Sebastian, even though he was no longer struggling. Nocte was a fledgling, still so small in the young tamer's eyes. In reality, the black opal dragon was almost the size of his fellow dragons, but not the size of Destantos, with his raised keel and massive paws. 
Nocte roared and snapped his jaws at his senior again, and swiped his paw at Destanto's face. Destantos immediately rose onto his hind legs and lashed out, grabbing Nocte's neck between his jaws. Seb jerked as he felt a surge of terror through his body, partially from Nocte, and part of his own fear at his dragon being harmed. Nocte stayed motionless, crouching on the ground as Destanto's pointed teeth gripped his long neck. Sebastian had scarcely moved a muscle toward his dragon before Vivin whispered, Don't move. The other dragons were all motionless. No growling, hissing, or jeering. Nocte protested with a soft growl, and Destantos clamped down harder. Seb hated being held back. He wanted so desperately to step in and stop the fight. He didn't even know why Nocte was in the position he was in. After what seemed like an eternity... Nocte laid down on his side and exposed his stomach. His scales were less brilliant on his belly. They seemed dull, but in reality, it was because they were thinner than his other scales. Destantos released Nocte slowly and backed away. Nocte stayed down, exposed, until his elder sat down by the other dragons. Nocte rose slowly and sat on his haunches and turned his head away from the tamers. Seb broke free from his seniors and ran over to his dragon. He touched near the gash on Nocte's shoulder, and the dragon stiffened. Are you okay? Sebastian asked worriedly. Nocte refused to make eye contact with his tamer. He sulked, wrapping his tail around his paws. Nocte. The dragon turned his head to his tamer and whimpered softly in defeat. Sebastian sighed with relief and hugged his dragon, rubbing his scales. You're an idiot for taking on a bigger dragon, you know. What was that all about? I don't want to talk about it, Nocte sulked. Seb stroked the dragon's shapely head. He checked the dragon's long neck. However, there was no damage left by Destantos. There were thin scratches on the scales where his sharp teeth had been, and nothing more. Whatever Nocte had done, the older dragon had taught him a lesson he wouldn't soon forget. You shouldn't baby him, Vivin sighed, walking over to them. Garday didn't bother to speak to Destantos face to face. They may have spoken using Vox Draco, but Seb was somewhat miffed that he didn't shame the older dragon. Though, chances were Nocte deserved what he got. Now, promise you won't do foolhardy things for Cayenne's sake. Seb patted Nocte's neck. Do I have to? Vivin glared at the young man coolly. Sebastian gave him a carefree grin, his honey-brown eyes gleaming with teasing light. Yes. All right, Vivin. I promise I won't do foolhardy things, Seb conceded. Let's go, Sebastian. Garde cracked his scarred knuckles. We've wasted enough time today. Seb glanced at Nocte's cut, and Garde waved it off. Your dragon will heal. Let's go. The young tamer followed him with a smidge of reluctance. Vivin called Kaylee to him once he returned to camp to saddle her. He and Orani were patrolling that day. Sebastian turned over in his bed. Something had pulled him away from his dreams. He repositioned himself to find a comfortable spot, and as he relaxed, he heard a soft sound from outside. He opened an eye and saw the moon shining brightly, high in the midnight sky. He listened for the sound again. He had to strain his ears. He saw a faint glow from the bottom of the door. The fire pit? 
The young man slipped out of bed and tiptoed to the door so he wouldn't disturb Zan or Griff. The air was warm, he was only wearing his pajama bottoms and the soft leather boots he slipped on. He stepped outside and instantly saw the cause of the soft noise. Sadie. The little girl was crying quietly by a small fire that was lit in the circle of stones, dressed in her nightgown. She had her knees pulled up to her chest and looked absolutely miserable. Seb glanced around, considering what he should do. Wake Summer or Shiloh? The thought of Shiloh at the moment was enough to deter him. He walked over to the crying girl tentatively. Sadie? She lifted her head and hastily wiped away the tears. Seb stepped past the benches and stood next to the fire. What's wrong? Are you alright? Her quiet voice trembled as she spoke. There's wolves howling. Seb hid his surprise. Sadie was six years old, after all. The haunting sound of a wolf pack could be frightening. But why are you out here, sweetheart? Did you tell your aunt you were scared? Seb found himself using a special tone to speak to her. Sadie nodded, her blonde locks in ribbons. I told her, and she told me to go back to sleep, but I couldn't. She sniffed. So she and Vivian went to fight the wolves. The tamer considered this carefully. Chances were, Sommer woke Vivian, and together they went off to chase the wolves. The dragons would be of little use if the canines were in a thick part of the woods. I'm sure they'll take care of the wolves for you. Why don't you go back to bed? Seb urged gently. Sadie shook her head, as adamant as only a child could be. Sebastian looked over his shoulder. No one else was stirring, and now that he knew Sadie was outside, alone, and scared, he couldn't leave her. Would you like me to tell you a story, then? Sadie nodded eagerly, her tears drying. Seb summoned Nocte, who was grumpy at being disturbed, but came anyway. We'll sit next to my dragon and he'll protect us from the wolves, okay? Nocte tucked his paws under him and sat near the fire where Seb had moved a bench. The tamer sat cross-legged against his dragon, his bare back on the cool scales. Sadie climbed onto Sebastian's lap and asked what kind of story he was going to tell. Seb didn't have any siblings he practiced on, and he didn't have Vivian's imagination for conjuring tales. They heard a wolf howl, and Sadie trembled on his lap. How about I tell you a story my dad once told me? After a quavering, okay, from the frightened girl, Sebastian began. Once upon a time, there was a litter of wolf pups. They were fuzzy and soft, he added in for Sadie's sake and they played together from dawn until dusk. One day, the pups went out with their parents to hunt for the first time. The little wolves were so excited, they couldn't wait to show off to their siblings. As they ran through the forest, one of the pups fell behind and took a wrong turn, and he soon found himself lost. Sadie sat still in his lap, listening closely to his story. Nocte felt his head droop. The little wolf pup ran around frantically, because it was getting dark and cold, and he missed his brothers and sisters. He looked everywhere he could, but he couldn't find them. Sadie relaxed in Seb's lap and let her head fall back on his chest. Sebastian wrapped his arms around her gently and continued. The little pup didn't know what to do, so he sat down in the dark woods and began to howl sadly for his family. He howled and howled, 
and just when he was about to give up and try to find shelter for the night, his family started howling back. At that moment, a pair of wolves began to howl far off in the forest. Do you think they're lost and trying to find their family? Sadie's small voice was sleepy, no longer scared of the wolf's cries. Maybe they are. As for the wolf in our story, he kept howling and heard his family's voices grow closer and closer until his parents and siblings found him. They were so happy to be together again. They told the little pup that they would never leave him behind again, but if he ever got lost, all he had to do was howl. Then they could find him again. Sadie was quiet and her body limp. She was fast asleep. Seb felt Nocte's flank move in and out, slow and deep. He was stuck, then, and couldn't move without waking them. Sommer and Vivin hurried back into the camp. Their dragons had given them the location of the wolf pack, but it had taken them a while to reach them and scare them off. Vivin had heard Sadie crying when she and Sommer first came out of their cabin, and felt obliged to join Sommer so she wouldn't be running through the dark woods alone. They had been worried about the little girl, but as they approached the fire, they realized they had nothing to be worried about. Sadie, Nocte, and Seb were fast asleep by the glowing flames. Seb had his arms around Sadie, and she held onto one of his arms and used his bicep as a pillow. The tamer had his head rested on his dragon, who had his own head on the ground. The trio looked rather comfortable and peaceful, but Sommer quietly approached them and woke up the little girl. We took care of the wolves, so it's time for bed. She held out her hands and Sadie took them and was carried off. Seb told me a story. Did you know that wolves get scared too? Sadie mumbled sleepily. Everybody gets scared sometimes, sweetheart, Summer replied as she opened their cabin door. Seb stretched out his numb legs and Nocte yawned, his white pointed teeth glinting in the firelight. They both stood and Seb thanked the tired dragon for his help before the dragon flew off. So you do tell stories, Vivin murmured as they returned to the cabins. Only when there's a little girl crying, Seb mumbled and disappeared into his cabin after saying goodnight. Ready to do some work with the dragon, Seb? Alice stood with her hands on her hips near the edge of the cliff. It was a beautiful day. They had just finished breakfast, and Alice had caught him looking out over the valley. Really? Seb couldn't hide his surprise. I think you're ready. Nocte, too. She beamed. A few of the other tamers joined them. Orani, Vivin, Kirik, and the twins. He's been working hard these past few weeks, and he's reached his free rate school. And you're a little better in combat, so why not? Vivin looked uncomfortable but the others were eager. Alice, let's play Snatch, Zan shouted. That's a great idea, Alice praised. There's no real fighting involved. The objective is to steal bandanas from each other. What, while flying? Seb asked, amazed. Yeah, it's great. When swept Alice's loosely braided hair. Everyone has their own technique for stealing the bandanas, so it's best to just jump in and figure things out on your own. Want to try? Everyone looked at the new tamer expectantly. He gazed out over the cliff, where three dragons were playing tag. 
He nodded. Yeah, I'd like to try it. Zan and Griff cheered and ran to get Garday and Summer. Vivin still looked mildly agitated. It's okay with you, right? Alice smiled at him. He folded his arms across his chest. His sleek black hair was tied in a high ponytail, adding sharpness to his high cheekbones. As long as everyone uses a saddle and remembers Seb hasn't done any kind of training like this before. Deal. Alice ran off and began assembling the equipment. Nocte hovered above the other dragons. They stayed within the valley, and the camp was no more than ten wing flaps away. A black bandana was fastened around Seb's arm. Kirik showed him how to tie it in a quick-release fashion, which was one of the rules of the game. The objective was to collect as many bandanas as possible within 20 minutes. Everyone was participating, so that meant nine total. The game had already begun, and Seb and Nocte were observing the others. He was quite high up, so they had a good scope of the game. It was true, everyone had a different technique for collecting bandanas. Griff used the distractions caused by others as an opportunity to whiz past and attempt to snatch bandanas. Alice would have Ember smash into other dragons and pull off the bandana as quickly as possible. To their surprise, Vivin had quite possibly the most dangerous technique. They would fly overhead of their opponents, flip upside down, and try to snatch them that way. That particular method made Sebastian's stomach churn. All of the tamers and their dragons looked so comfortable whipping around, doing death-defying stunts. Well, what's the plan? Nocte's voice rang in his mind. Remember how Vivin made me promise not to do foolhardy things? Oh boy. The tamer shared his plan, and the dragon swooped down to join the others. Sommer was their first target. Nocte flew above Fury and Sommer, but off to the side slightly. Seb felt his stomach plummet as he leapt off of the saddle and onto Fury's back. There wasn't an abundance of room between the dragon's wings, and Sebastian only had enough time to launch forward, snag the bandana from the startled woman, and jump from the dragon. Nocte caught him below, but it was a hard landing. Their intention was for Seb to land in the saddle, but they hadn't practiced that maneuver before. The young man therefore landed on his knees in the middle of Nocte's back. Thankfully, he hadn't fallen far. Otherwise, his bones might have cracked against the rock-hard scales. Did you get it? Are you okay? The dragon asked nervously. I got it. Seb grunted and stood, wobbling forward. The sensation of standing on a dragon's back was unreal. It was almost like tight rope walking. Seb lowered himself into the saddle and tied Sommer's pale yellow bandana under his black one. The way it was tied, one tug of the loose end would release it. Are we going to try the same thing again? Of course. There's only one way to get better, Seb responded with determination. I noticed that if someone has more than one band on them, that you can take all of them, or try to, anyway. Kirik had been distracted a distance from them with Zan, so Nocte flew high above them and quickly dropped, and Seb leapt onto Kirik's dragon, Mason's, back. What the? Kirik managed to get out before Sebastian dashed forward took a bandana in each hand, pulled them free, and leapt off of the dragon. This time, Seb landed in the saddle, albeit clumsily. Ow, Seb breathed sharply. Wearing a codpiece might be a good idea for saddle jumping. Do you want to try something else? No, let's go get Garde. Seb was filled with adrenaline. 
He had two bandanas on each arm now. Garday had three himself, and Seb figured that if he took them, he would simply have to keep away from the other tamers for the remainder of the game. How much time had passed, anyway? Kaylee was going to signal with a flamethrower when the time was out. Nocte flew over to Destantos, and Seb leapt onto the dragon's back. His feet didn't slip as much on these scales. They were almost rough on the surface. Garde pushed himself out of the saddle and onto his dragon's back. He stood, towering over Seb. You are doing well, but you are naive to take me on, his deep voice rumbled. Seb took an instinctive step back, and Garde grabbed him by the front of his shirt. He picked Seb up and swung him over the side of the dragon. Seb gripped Garde's wrists, feeling eerily calm. Not so sure about yourself now, hmm? Garday, with his incredible strength, took one hand from the young man's shirt without dropping him. He reached to take the bandanas from Seb's left arm, and suddenly, Seb released his grip on Garday's wrists, snatched one bandana from each of the warrior's arms, and kicked himself free, using Garday's stomach as a launch pad. Seb shot back through the air, and Nocte caught him, clutching his tamer to his stomach. One of the game's rules was, if you touch the ground, you're out. They couldn't land to put Seb back in the saddle. There, Seb shouted. They had flown over Kaylee, and Nocte dropped his tamer onto her feathered back. Vivin didn't have time to say a single word. Seb leapt off immediately, and Nocte was already waiting for him below. Sebastian felt sick to his stomach in spite of his bravado. He didn't have a chance to catch his breath. Three dragons were chasing them. It was then that Seb realized... They had the majority of the bandanas. Six out of nine. Fly as fast as you can, Nocte. Seb pressed his body low to the saddle. Nocte was an impressively quick dragon, since he had yet to reach his full size. However, years of training put the others at an advantage. Alice, Orani, and Kirik were hot on Nocte's tail. They drew closer and closer as they sped around the valley, until Alice shot out in front of them and blocked them off. In the blink of an eye, they found themselves surrounded. Two apiece, Seb, and we'll let you go, the leader called out. I don't want to lose, Seb. Nocte's voice entered his mind. Neither do I. Drop. What? Nocte said, startled. Drop! Tuck in your wings, Seb commanded via Vox Draco. As soon as the dragon did so, they plummeted toward the earth. Keep dropping! until you absolutely have to pull up. Wind battered them brutally and stung the tamer's eyes until they teared, but Nocte did as told. They hurtled downward, with Nocte's wings tucked against his slick body. The trees became dizzyingly close, and the dragon slowly began to unfurl his wings. Quick, Nocte! Seb cried. If I do it too quickly, I'll rip my wings off! Nocte roared. The trees were so close, Seb could almost reach out his hand and touch them. By some miracle, Nocte's wings gripped the air, and they pulled up as his paws skimmed the foliage. They looked up. Every other dragon and their tamer was watching them, stagnant in the sky. No pursuers, no one else was playing the game. Kaylee's flamethrowers split upward into the blue sky, and the dragons returned to the cliff. Nocte was the last to arrive and drop off his tamer. Seb hopped off the saddle and was aware that his legs had their familiar post-flight weakness. He didn't move, other than to unfasten Nocte's saddle. 
He threw it over his shoulder and walked over to the group of tamers waiting for him. Behind them, Sadie and Shiloh sat on a bench near the fire, wide-eyed. Seb pulled off his bandanas and handed them to Alice silently. No one spoke, and they all looked at him expectantly. Seb cleared his throat. <clears throat> so, did we do okay for our first time? Alice smirked, and Zan burst out laughing. Griff shook his head with a grin. Okay? You kicked our asses, and we weren't going easy on you. Then that's good, right? Seb shifted the saddle on his shoulder. He didn't understand why everyone was so serious when he first landed. Reckless. Vivin rubbed his forehead and added with a harsh note, and foolhardy. But yes, that was good. Well done. Can I do more training with Nocte then? Seb asked the leaders of the Oren. They looked at each other, and Alice shrugged. Vivin inclined his head. And we'll start doing team exercises. You're ready. Great, Seb smiled. The group split, carrying their saddles back to their cabins. That game was enough training with their dragons for one day. Seb glanced over at Shiloh and Sadie. Sadie was bouncing around Vivin, and Shiloh had a book of some sort in her hands. Another week went by, filled with rigorous training. Sword fighting, riding, games of tag, hard workouts. Sebastian brought back yet another thick book to the library cabin, as Sadie called it. Kirik shook his head and took the book from him. Before you take another one, how about a quiz? Kirik pushed his glasses back up to the bridge of his nose. It was a bit late. Seb had returned to the cabin with Garday, Vivin, and Kirik as they were headed to bed. Candlelight flickered across the wooden walls. Sure, ask away, Sebastian replied. Kirk flipped open the book to a random page. It was one tamer's dissertation on the origin of dragons. All right, he stood with Seb near the door as the two others sat on their beds. This author is against the theory that dragons were originally snakes, correct? Seb nodded and Kirk continued. What does the elvish author Rowan have to say on the subject? The question threw Seb off. He had read Rowan's dissertation in the first week he had been with Yorin. She said that dragons are undoubtedly reptilian because of their scales and double eyelids. But some dragons are feathered. Rowan argued that birds are descendants of reptiles as well. Therefore, it makes sense to say dragons descended from reptiles and not birds, even though birds can fly. Kirk closed the book with a snap, and Vivin grinned. He doubted there was much Kirk could quiz him on that would stumble him. In the book, The Boy and His Dog, what was the boy's youngest sister's doll called? Emily. No hesitation whatsoever to the obscure question. In The Physicalities of Dragons, what is the average wingspan of female dragons in millimeters? At this question, Vivian laughed out loud, making him do math as well as remember random facts. How cruel. The average wingspan of females is 6,000 millimeters. Seb didn't even flinch. That's about 236 inches, in case you were wondering. Vivin chuckled, and even Garday laughed at Kirik. Any more questions? Seb asked with a wry grin. Kirik grumbled no. Can I grab another book, then? 
Actually, Kirk shoved his hands into his pockets and moseyed over to a bookshelf near Garde's bed. There's a specific book I want you to read. Sebastian cocked his head in interest. Kirk rummaged through the shelf. This one was hidden behind others. He handed him a leather-bound book, only an inch thick. Really take your time with this one, okay? Seb nodded and bid them goodnight. As soon as he shut the door, Vivin clicked his tongue. I wish you hadn't have given them that one. He needs to read it. Kirk pulled off his shirt and flopped down on his bed. He should have read it sooner, Vivin. The lead tamer didn't reply. The book Kirk had lent Seb was simply titled, Great Tamers. Thanks for listening to Chapter 10 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. It's hard to believe we've finished 10 chapters already. I'll be releasing the Q&A episode midweek, so you still have a couple days to get your questions in. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>